Welcome to CTN, CIO Talk Network, with your host, Sanjo Gall. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are strictly those of the host, guests, and callers. Now, here's Sanjo Gall. Hello, and uh, welcome to CTN. To learn more about the show, please visit CIOTalkNetwork.com. And the topic today, the 2022 CIO Agenda, which is 2022 CIO Agenda. Now, what are we talking about here? First of all, what we are hoping here is to looking at coming out of pandemic where we are entering the new year, we are doing a lot of different things. We are looking at the AI, AR, VR to transform business. We have the DNA uh, that is changing in most organizations to digital. Then we have hybrid work environment becoming a norm. All of those things are happening. But then what is hap- what is, how is it impacting the agenda for the CIOs? How are they taking their people processes and technology and culture and the leadership and the budget, all of that, and, and make them a cohesive force so that they create most value for the enterprise? That's what we are here to discuss. And I have with me Tanya Hanna, who's the CIO with King County, Washington. Hey, Tanya, how are you? Hi, Sanjo. How are you doing today? So excited to be here. Absolutely. The pleasure is all mine. Now here, the, the discussion that we want to have, it's a practitioner's viewpoint, right, essentially. So a lot of people put out a lot of posts and discussions on the agenda of the CIO and not one discussion, not cover it all. But there are certain patterns that we have seen. I mean, the last year or two has been an interesting journey for all of us. What is your basic sentiment behind tackling 2022? Putting things behind you, taking, make, you know, learning lessons and applying them to make it a more cautiously optimistic year. What is the sentiment? You know, uh, that is such a great question. After two years within this pandemic, I think we are all ready for and quite optimistic about uh, 2022 uh, for me. And I think all of our CIOs and technologists throughout um, the world, we're all excited about how technology is central to the digital businesses that we're all encountering, whether it's private sector or for, in my case, public sector. And technology is so ingrained within our ecosystem and our daily lives that we tend to take for granted. And um, 2022 is going to be an awesome year uh, for tech. Now, given you are in a government as well as a commercial sector, they are serving the business. Yes. Is your discussion, which was maybe towards the end of the year or beginning of the year when you enter your uh, boss's office, what has that, where has that gone? Is it a different set of agenda items? Is it a different approach to how we are going to lead our organization? What are you seeing? Because see, that's where, while you create an agenda, but execution, eat strategy for lunch sometimes, right? 
Oh, abs absolutely. I think what we see, whether um, in, you know, commercial CIOs, board of directors, or even in government with elected officials, um, they all understand that digital is key to driving um, whether it's revenue, market share growth, or even connecting with with customers. Some of the concerns that still resonate, um, one is cybersecurity, privacy, the inter enterprise risk. I'm sure that is among the top three concerns for any, any CIO. What we saw in 2021 uh, around uh, ransomware attacks that really rose to the levels of public consciousness because of the Colonial Pipeline or the JBS uh, meatpacking really cemented um, that that is a concern, but even more so in uh, government because I think there was earlier in the year a cyber attack on uh, a city in Florida where the water supply could have potentially poisoned the community because the hackers had changed um, some of the chemical levels in, in the water. It was uh, caught before there was any any damage, but certainly cyber is, you know, one of our top things. Another area that I see uh, resonating, particularly with business partners, is how do we think about um, robotics, process automation, RPA, and really trying to eliminate some of those routine mundane tasks um, and using and, and helping our employees to become very more efficient and productive, particularly in government in a lot of cases we're doing less. Uh, we have to do uh, more with less. Other areas uh, that we could potentially see that I'm um, pretty excited about is um, as we see IoT and uh, the use of AI and um, smart cities, uh, networking and that uh, connectivity, whether it's, you know, satellites, I think uh, SpaceX, um, Starlink launched some additional satellites recently, expansion of 5G. I think those are all particular game changers that we're going to see uh, happen. So in your organizational context, so of course you mentioned about a few innovations that might disrupt the way we live our lives, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and, and while it might change the lives of the citizens, you, your organization as the government entity, which is supposed to provide for the citizens the different things that they're looking to do to be able to make their life easier, are you going to under-promise and deliver a little less than before because you are constrained? Or would you go ahead and promise them the moon and make your team work even harder because you have a lot of catch up to do? Oh, uh, 
innovation will reign supreme. It has to uh, organizations that uh, cannot adapt will just fall fall by the wayside. Um, especially when we think about um, sustainability and this whole movement to like, for example, net carbon footprint. Within uh, government, we're moving to all electric uh, fleets. We need to be able to take the telemetry data and tell buses when to charge, how long will they charge. Um, you're seeing the bigger, the bigger push um, out there just how businesses, whether it's in the airlines industry, I was uh, recently, a car commercial was talking about their net carbon and sustainability footprint. Um, we will have to innovate. And so having our teams ready uh, to deliver is, is, is crucial. And data is, is a key imperative um, to, to us having the ability to move quickly, um, how our organizations get gain the insight um, because that data will allow us to create new products and services or grow additional revenue streams or in my case, help to streamline operations to be efficient and, and operate at scale um, because the county has over 1600 uh, buses and in the next within the next five years, it's all gonna be electric. So we have to uh, continually be ready to, to innovate and ensuring that the talent on our, on our teams um, have the skill sets and that we have the ability to also attract and retain um, talent is crucial within that, within that space. Now, we are all going to be moving forward with the idea that we want to innovate. And then we also want to be able to keep our people motivated and also treat them with empathy because they are still, most of them are still struggling with some or the other personal issues related to healthcare because of the pandemic. Let's take a quick break, listeners. We'll be right back. And Tanya, I would have a question here where we spoke about innovation going to you know, reign supreme. And we are going to try to do new, more or different things to keep moving ahead as government organization, in your case, and many other organizations in their own right, whatever they want to achieve. But what happens to the very people, the ones who are going to be executing on it, they have not truly really come out of this uh, pandemic related health issues or an extended family health issues. So there is a lot of other commitments that they are juggling with. If you're going to increase the amount of load on them, and even though you're empathetic, the reality is they will be overwhelmed by this uh, catching up work to do or more innovation and putting more on their plate. How are we planning to balance all this so that all the ideas that you create don't come crashing down because you ask too much from them together. Please stay tuned, listeners. We'll be right back. 
Today, enterprise technology is both strategic and global. Each week on CTN CIO Talk Network, IT thought leaders from around the world share their experience with listeners as they discuss with Sunjoke All how they are trimming costs and partnering with business to innovate and help IT become more competitive, better care for customers, and improve the corporate bottom line. If you want to keep up with IT thought leadership, listen to CTN CIO Talk Network with Sunjoke All at CIO Talk Network. You are listening to CTN, CIO Talk Network, with Sunjoe Gall. To learn more about our program, please visit CIOTalkNetwork.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. So, Tanya, we could go on an innovation streak. We can go gung-ho with our new projects besides the ones which we were anyway supposed to continue. And many other ideas could start floating around. While that is great when done in the ivory tower or the management layer, when people who are mortal human beings who are dealing with healthcare issues or other extended family issues because of the pandemic, that problem has not gone away yet. And when you add more to their plate, at some point, that would create breakdown, it will create overwhelm, it would create demotivation, and it will create law of diminishing returns. So how do you plan on delivering results and promising only as much as you can deliver to the management? You know, Sanjog, that is um, an issue that we're tackling um, within my organization, as I'm sure all other organizations are struggling with um, recently, whether it's been in the New York Times or um, the Harvard uh, Business Review, et cetera, uh, mental health concerns have grown as a result of the of the pandemic, we're certainly offering more resources around um, mental health, and um, it's actually uh, taking the forms of where we're doing it virtually um, and connecting employees to resources similar to similar to telemedicine. Priorities matter. And I think uh, it was Justin Trudeau who said the slowest that we're going right now is also uh, the fastest, right? We will not uh, go any slower than what we're going now. And what I'm seeing, the priorities have grown exponentially as as well. Um my organization, we're treating our tech workers uh, and allowing them to be remote um, with, you can pop into our offices kind of at your leisure. Um, some of it is driven because of the pandemic and new variants. Um, some of it is also because our employees are experiencing issues with um, childcare, education um, with schools open or and or closed. And one of the things that I've seen is we've started to lose women 
out of our out of our teams because of all of the personal uh, issues that are surrounding, and we don't want to do that. We want to attract and keep the talent that we have because we need them to help us uh, deliver on, upon all of these priorities. Where I see um, priorities going, particularly within my organization, uh, King County, Washington, is things that are related to um, sustainability and the environment. Those priorities are moving, are moving forward. Um, we have to be able to unlock data to help sustain um, where the county government wishes, wishes to go. I think also uh, when it comes to priorities, organizations are looking to unlock their revenue, their revenue streams, grow market share. And tech has to position the organizations uh, to be there. So what we're going to see is a continuation um, things that don't matter as much to the business may fall to the wayside, but we are going to see hybrid workplaces and what do you do with physical office buildings um, and setting your employees up to be able to work from home, whether that's providing stipends or ensuring that they have a great home office. That will that is definitely on the CIO agenda. Now, you talk about you know, of course, you said AI, VR, etc. Those kind of things are popping up. Um, is there um, an application that you are seeing, or not one application, maybe multiple applications, where you are going to exploit these technologies, and these are not just science experiments anymore? Something that you plan to deploy in in the in the short term or midterm. Oh, absolutely. Um, the county is using um, currently AR and VR to help train to help train our staff. Um, whether it's in our wastewater uh, treatment facilities or in vehicle maintenance as we begin to shift from moving, um, working on diesel bus buses to electric battery buses. AI is definitely a key, a key driver. Um, we are using it particularly as we um, think about uh, social programs. Um, unlocking the data to understand the implications of how uh, a homeless in individual is interacting um, with uh, mental health and behavioral services along with their physical health to transportation and interactions uh, with, within the court system. We're combining all of that data to begin to target programs and design programs specifically for these individuals to have better 
to have better uh, outcomes. We're also uh, exploring, which should be interesting, elections is uh, a top of the mind issue. And uh, we're gonna, we're actually exploring how to potentially move elections online and what would that look like with blockchain and quantum computing. Um, especially when you think about signature verification on a ballot. Um, how do you not uh, change and ensure that the ballot cast is actually the ballot? Those are some of the things we're working on um, there. And, you know, I think we're also going to see the expansion of cryptocurrency. Um, if you start seeing government um, looking at cryptocurrency, it's probably a pedestrian uh, technology tomorrow. So now with all these different things that you mentioned, uh, I'm not sure if is it a plug and play or you had to de develop talent or you had to get outside consulting firms to come and help you. How are you building this capability? Because it's disruptive and it's going to require people to learn how to handle the affairs that they have on a daily basis differently. How, how is that side coming along? Is the government funding these cool features enough that you are able to put them in timely and test them and actually start get them adopted? Are the people who you have internally trainable in these new areas or you have to rely on outside capability? Because after some time, you will have to bring it in-house, I'm hoping, for so that tax dollars are best spent. So how is that workforce capability aspect being tackled? Actually, um, it's, a, it's a combination. Our workforce is super talented. Uh, we're up to date on the latest technology and we continually invest in our, in our employees um, to learn. Even throughout the entire pandemic, employees still have had the opportunity to take training, et cetera. We do a lot of work with uh, startups and vendor partners who, um, help us really think how do you operate at scale because that is critically important uh, to our work and they will also provide some in-house training but then it's also about recruitment um, because our organization is doing some of the latest in technology, particularly emerging tech, people do want to come work for us, right? Because they're looking for work-life balance. They also, we also offer uh, a remote work environment and they can work on technology that has a direct impact on communities. You can see it daily. And that is a very strong proposition. 
that people are attracted to. So Tanya, we are all trying to make some big changes and maybe we have to make some foundational changes to bring about the innovation and disruption. It could be people, process, policy, culture, leadership, technology, you name it. But we may do some, some companies would do in one way, another would be doing in another way. But if we were to position our respective organizations for sustained innovation, disruption, evolution, what should those foundationals, foundational changes be? And among those, which ones are you well on your way to implement? Sanjo, that is a great question. I think all organizations are uh, grappling with. Um, one of the top priorities for me and my team, my leadership team is on wellness. Um, coming out of the pandemic, employees really care about their mental well-being as well as their physical well-being. And organizations that can offer uh, stress management programs, for example, or providing uh, fitness is definitely a way to attract um, talent. I also think during this time, we're also seeing um, uh, an increased need for mentorship. Um, where we're pairing uh, people within our teams internally and externally to help um, not only within King County learn about uh, the programs and the tech, but also externally to help uh, us be our best selves. Something else that is really uh, key is having this work-life balance. The pandemic has, and we talked earlier about just all of the priorities that we all have and this increased need to go faster, deliver um, at a quicker pace and at scale. Work-life balance is mattering more to employees um, regularly, I have employees that ask or, you know, that will say to me, they are so glad that they don't have to commute because they're dealing with their childcare situations and they feel like these flexible work arrangements are helping them be able to do a good job for us but also help them in their personal lives. And finally, I think this continued need for uh, training and development opportunities, uh, learn, getting in and working on new technology, we're doing it at scale and faster than we've ever done it before. And there is so much, so much to learn. Um, some of the things that I'm seeing just within my own organization is some of these lower level uh, tasks that 
that people used to want to hold on to. They're like, hey, can we give that to somebody else to do? Because we want to be positioned where we can really work on the things that bring and add value, right, to to our organization. Oh, that's definitely the case. So, so now one interesting area is security. So when you think about Tanya, all the changes that we're trying to bring about, plus the pandemic also created a sudden reason for us to go and, and have people work in a hybrid work environment. This would create a lot of security risks. And interestingly, there is also a forecast around uh, outsiders, the people with malintent trying to target critical infrastructure at city, state, and government level. So while you would go on that innovation bandwagon, but you do not want a third party, which has got not the best interest in mind, rip apart all the things that you do. So how are you planning working alongside your security team and your government officials and the policymakers and anything else that you can do to ensure that your fort is secure while you look to make it cool and make it stronger. Please set your listeners. We'll be right back and talk to Tanya and get her input. Competitive, better care for customers and improve the corporate bottom line. If you want to keep up with IT thought leadership, listen to CTN, CIO Talk Network with Sunjoke All at CIOTalkNetwork.com. You are listening to CTN, CIO Talk Network, with Sunjoe Gall. To learn more about our program, please visit CIOTalkNetwork.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. So, Tanya, we already know there are a lot of initiatives going on at the government level, like for yourself and many others, and even in the commercial organizations. But everyone is concerned about the issues related to information security, cyber risks, ransomware, you name it, all of those people who are looking at an opportunity to find the vulnerabilities in your processes and or the fact that you're in state of flux or in a state of crisis and and cause harm. So how are you planning to make sure that you minimize the damage? That is you bounce back quickly if at all there is an attack and also prevent whatever you can wherever you can. Well, as I stated earlier, uh, cybersecurity, privacy, and enterprise risk would certainly be in the top three things that CIOs are looking at. A crucial, a crucial uh, part is our employees and people because normally uh, ransomware tends to tends to occur because our employees like click things that uh, they shouldn't. Um, things that we're looking at here is, at King County, as I'm sure other organization is, um, you know, security awareness training and being more mindful of not clicking malicious, um, malicious links and things of that nature. But other things that we are doing is really thinking about tabletop exercises and 
understanding how would we respond to events um, that are occurring out in or that may potentially occur out in our organization. We're also doing more to ensure that we don't lose data, right? That kind of data loss protection and ensuring that data is not sitting out in places that it shouldn't, even for um, internal sabotage, uh, because I'm sure a lot of organizations, including uh, government, creates a lot of intellectual property that is extremely valuable. And so we're putting protections in place to secure those particular um, assets, which are extremely valuable to our organizations. We're gonna see more of that occur within uh, the 2022 CIO agenda. Now, that said, if you've taken care of that, you've spoken a little bit about the process changes, et cetera, and the security, would you say there is supposed to be a reliance on external partners, which you already said you have, but do we know if they are ready, if they are ready to work with you and also have their own act together because their own employees would be facing the same issues, right? So two entities who are both not necessarily struggling, but trying to get by these interesting times, you got to be able to identify which companies would be good partners for the time being or for the long haul, given where they are. So what's your approach to building and nurturing a very specific set of critical partner relationships in 2022, because you will need the reliability. Strategic partners are so critical um, to organizations. Uh, the county has a number of them and we continue to grow. And really it's based upon mutual trust. Um, trust that those organizations care about my business, which happens to be government and the 64 lines of businesses that we support <clears throat> in helping us deliver um, how we think about our enterprise architecture, the ecosystems that we're building, and how do we leverage the data that we have collected to build new products and services. Those particular partnerships are allowing us um, to operate at scale and to move into areas that I don't think the government um, imagined even three, four years ago. We're also um, seeing based upon this uh, mutual mutual trust, um, how our vendors are coming up with new ways of doing business and how they are bringing forward some of their innovations and how we can incorporate it into our business. Um, I'm seeing a lot 
a lot of this um, growth in in our relationships um, that I'm not sure I saw prior to the pandemic. Okay, so the last thing which I would like to ask you and which is perhaps the most important things is the leadership style and the mindset the CIOs need to wear for 2022 so that they can help make the most of this year and create the most value and more importantly, take their people along so that each of the individuals and the group as a whole creates most value, the IT group as a group create most value for the business? Um, I think technology leaders are business leaders and we are, you have to be a business leader and it's how do you leverage that tech to connect people to the business and help grow the revenues um, and the way that we're approaching our problem solving is around the business. Um, and I think that has been an enjoyable, an enjoyable shift um, that has been made. Uh, something else that might be overlooked, but I also think it's an expression of gratitude um, to our teams for all of the work that they are doing and continue to do. We do know that employees that feel valued and empowered and connected to the mission will go above and beyond and um, in the ways that they do their work. And I think in 2022, that will be super critical to attracting and retaining, retaining talent. On behalf of the show and our listeners, thank you so much once again, Tanya, for sharing your insights on the 2022 CIO agenda. Thanks so much. Oh, thank you. It, 2022 is going to be an amazing year, especially for CIOs. Absolutely. God bless. God. So listeners, hope you enjoyed, got some nuggets from what Tanya shared, what she's doing in her own organization as a CIO. Please join us uh, and, and you know download our podcast, connect with us on social media and keep doing the good work. Thank you so much again. And this is Sanjur Gall signing off from CIO Talk Network. Uh, we will be talking to you soon next week. Take care. Thank you for tuning in to CTN, CIO Talk Network, with your host, Sunjo Gall. To learn more about our program or for show archives, comments, or questions, please visit ciotalknetwork.com. Thank you again for listening.